Welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Get ready to dive into an inspiring message. Our aim is to share teachings that bring transformation and hope to your life. So, open your heart, be ready to listen, and prepare for a powerful encounter with the Word. Let's get started. So, I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. I'll expedite some of my uh, teaching today. Thank God for another Sunday. God has spoken and moved and done amazing things, and we honor that. I want you to know at Calvary, someone asked me, where's the program? The program is in the hands of the Holy Spirit here. And uh, our desire is to always allow God to have his way, do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. It's his church. It's his time. It's his way. And so some people are always looking at their watch. We're trying to follow the wind of the Holy Spirit here. And uh, I respect your time. I respect you being here, the energy, the effort. I honor that, that you got up and got here and brought your family and got ready. Thank you. I honor that. I'll always honor that. I'll always respect that. I'll never take it for granted. But I think we all agree. What does God want us to do? What did we get from God today? Amen. That's why we came. So we're here. Uh, I want to share the companion message to the one I began last week entitled this. I want you to get this because it frames what we're learning and how we're applying it. Here's, here's the title. Fasting, the key that locks and unlocks. Fasting. The key that locks and unlocks. Remember, we, we, we want to get this perspective. We want to frame fasting in this context. I want to make sure you get this. If it's new to you or you've been a believer for a while, we're reminded again, why are we doing what we're doing right now? Well, Jesus came, and the first declaration he made is this. He said, the kingdom of God has come. Yeah. It's an incredible statement. We don't always understand the gravity of that. What Jesus said is that something new is happening. A new order is now available on earth. Do you hear what I'm saying? Those are little small words. He didn't come to start another religion. He came to connect heaven to earth. He didn't come to give more ritual. He came to bring hope to all of us that were hopeless. He came to connect us to something we can never do ourselves. He said the kingdom of God is here. Who God is in heaven. Think of this. His will, His purpose, His plan, His majesty, His goodness, His grace, His mercy, His power. Everything God is. Everything that sometimes even as Christians we push off to the sweet by and by. You're with me? Everything we sometimes say, well, it'll happen when we get to heaven. And it will. But Jesus said, here's what I want you to know. I want to establish this from day one. In our language from Jump Street, I want you to get this. That everything that's in heaven now has a connection on earth. That you are not limited to you, to your resources, to your intellect, to your ability, to your physical strength, to your weakness. We live on a fallen planet. How many understand that? The things that are wicked and evil and harmful and cause us to be sick and cause us to face crime and cause us to be uh, depressed and discouraged that every evil wicked thing on this planet did not come from our God. It came when mankind sinned originally and opened the door for Satan to do the stuff he does. And from that time to the time Jesus came and died on the cross, was raised from the dead, Satan's kingdom was the ruling spiritual authority on this planet. Uh Jesus said, I've come to give you authority. I'm giving this to you. And the church has access to heaven, to God, to his word, to what he says, not because of who we are 
or something we've earned or done, but because of Jesus Christ Amen. and the love of God Amen. and what he did on the cross. So we need to understand that what we're, what we're, why we pray and fast is because we recognize, God, there are some things we just can't do. There are some, some places we find ourselves we don't know how to get out. There are some issues we're dealing with that, that we just don't know how to solve. And so we humble ourselves. What does his word say in Second Chronicles 7, 14? It's not up here. I'll just quote. What does his word say? His word says, if my people, anybody belong to him today? My people. Can, can I see the people of the Lord? Any of his folks in the house? All right. So it says, if my people who are called by my name, if we use the name Christian, it means we're following Christ. All right. So if my people who are called by my name, what does he tell us to do? We'll do it. We'll humble themselves. Fasting is a humbling. Fasting is a saying, yeah, my, my appetite's screaming in my ears, but I need something more than that. For a season, I am, I'm literally allowing my physical hunger to be the alarm clock that reminds me I have a spiritual hunger that needs to be fed. See what I'm saying? It's, it's reminding me that I have access to the kingdom of God through Jesus. That it's not just me and what I can do. So, so, so I'm humbling myself. If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Okay? And then what does he say? And seek my face. So, so fasting is humbling ourselves. It's, 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 it's saying, you know, God, I'm not all that. I'm not that great. I'm not that spiritual. I've got some stuff I'm glad nobody knows about. But I want you to know I love you. And I want what you want. And I want to be who you call me to be. And I want to represent heaven on earth and bring hope to some people like you gave it to me. And so I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to seek your face. Not just your stuff. I want you. You see what I'm saying? I want you. I'm going to seek your face. And then you know what happens when you really do that? You know what really happens? One of the great byproducts of fasting, he says, then I'll turn from my wicked ways. Fasting and prayer gets rid of judgment in the church. It gets rid of condemnation in the church. Because here's what happened. There's no way to really come into the presence of Almighty God and think you're something. There's no way to come into the presence of Almighty God and worry about somebody else. It's kind of like this. When I really pray, now I'm not talking about saying the blessing over my food. Okay, God is good, God is great, now thank you for the food, amen. I don't get much conviction doing that. You the same? You know, some of you don't even do that. <laughs> I hope that changes. You know, and it's not laying down at night, you know, now lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep five, should I four awake, pray the Lord my soul to take. I don't get much out of that. Better nothing, but very little. But it's when I really pray, when I humble myself, when I pray, when I seek his face, you know what happens? God starts talking to me. Prayer is a dialogue. I'm not just giving him my list. You might, you might know what I'm talking about. No, I got a list. Anybody got a list? I got a prayer list. I hope you do. But I get in the middle of the list when I'm really praying and fasting. And this, this dynamic happens. Does it happen for you? And, and it kind of goes like this. And, and I hear the voice of the Lord. He says, so George. Yes, sir. You know, while we're here, I got a list. <laughs> I know it's coming. So, so yes, sir. <laughs> so I got a list. Yes, sir. So, you know, while you're here, let's talk about a couple of things. So that's when I say, yeah, help me, God. Turn away from my wicked ways. 
So, pastor, are you wicked? Well, I don't think I am, but God might think I am. Well, what's wicked? Because I didn't forgive someone. See, we, don't we like to categorize? Well, my sin's not as bad as their sin. But if I'm not forgiving, the word says forgive, I got a problem that I need to turn away from. Or maybe I was unkind. Or maybe I wasn't patient enough with somebody. Maybe I didn't slow down and do what I could have done in a moment. So I'm under, I'm under construction. Anybody under construction in the house? Anybody under construction? Come on. Go ahead and humble yourself. Let me see your hand. Anybody else under construction? So that's why we fast. That's why we fast. It creates moments for heaven to invade, for you and I to become who we're really supposed to be, for you and I to understand that. Okay, so that's a long introduction, but I want you to understand why we're doing what we're doing. How many say, God, I want all that? You want all that? I want to humble myself. I want to pray. I want to seek his face. I want to turn from my wicked ways. Do you know what happens then? He says, then. Someone say, then. That, this comes after. You see that timing word? You see the, 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 the syntax of the sentence? You see the order of this? So then what happens? Then he will hear from heaven. Isn't that what we're after? And he says, I'll heal the land. You see, if God heals his church, the land gets healed. If the church gets right, the nation gets right. If the church gets right, your family gets right. Okay, all right. That's why we're praying and fasting, just in case you need to know. So we go to Matthew 6. And Jesus is teaching. This is called the Sermon on the Mount. It's like the state of the union of this new kingdom he's bringing. And there are three things, three expressions that he uses here. He doesn't say if, he says when. These are the lifestyle when we live in the kingdom of God, okay? So look at verse number two. He says this to us. So when, not if, you give to the needy. Do not announce it with trumpets to the hypocrite, uh, with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. So when we give, we, we don't put signs about it. Now we share among ourselves. We, we do what we do because it's necessary to communicate. We don't go out and take articles out and go to the paper and the newspaper and, and sell this. No, we just give because there's a need. When you give, verse five, and when you pray, so we pray, we pray. Because that's who we are. That's how the kingdom works. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. I could say much about this, but I'm not going to. We are praying. We're building a house of prayer at Calvary. God has a mandate on us, a, a direction. We are building a house of prayer. I'm concerned that some people know how to lead a prayer in church, but don't ever pray during the week. You ever heard those people pray like that? I don't even know what they're saying. They pray in King James English. Oh, Lord, thou who sittest enthroned above the cherubim, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jeroboam, Rehoboam. You're like, what? What? Just say it. You ever felt like that? Just say it. What are you saying? Just pray. God, help me. God, help us. We know you know King James English. Just pray for Pete's sake. But I kind of think if we prayed more during the week, we wouldn't have to do all our praying on Sunday. Just a thought. So there's one more. Go to verse 16 with me. So he says, when you give, when you pray, verse 16, what do we read? When you fast. Not if you fast. Are you going to fast? Just when you fast. Okay? What do you do? Do not look somber. See, this whole thing, he says, stop trying to please people. 
Stop trying to have an appearance. Stop worrying about your faith, how it looks to other people. And this is between you and me. This is this thing. He says, so when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. They disfigure their faces to show men they're fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. I got to read the rest of this. But when you fast, again, second time, but when you fast, put all on your head and wash your face. Now, this all on your head is not like going around, don't get, you know, the anointing oil, pray it over and you look like dear God. No, he's saying, present yourself. Take a shower. Get your hair did. You know, make it work. Okay. Verse 18. So that it will not be obvious to men you're fasting. But only to your father. See, I kind of think what we're doing here, we get to talk about it as a family. Like this whole, nobody knows we're doing this. But we're blessing this region. We're setting up what God's going to do. It's, it's in the house. You know, I love it. So, uh, so not be obvious to men, you're fasting. Watch this. But only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. One translation says, he'll reward you openly. Now, what's important about that? Again, it's not for recognition. This, this is what that, that verbiage means. This God we're praying to who says, I've come to establish my kingdom. And oftentimes we can't see that. We don't see Jesus always with our eyes and the angels and what he's doing, the work of the Holy Spirit. But he, watch this. He says when you pray and fast, those power and presence and realities of the kingdom of God start being seen, start showing up. He rewards you openly. You start encountering salvation and deliverance and healing and kindness and feeding people. You understand what happens? He says, when you do this, not for man, not for recognition, not for anything else, God says, I'll start openly bringing the things of the kingdom to you. You'll see it. You'll feel it. You'll touch it. You'll hear it. So that's how God works. So let me give you one more verse before I show you another passage. Look at this in Mark chapter 9. I ran all over this last week. Couldn't find where it was. I kept saying Matthew. Go to Mark 9. And, and, and let's go all the way down to verse number 29. I'm, I'm having to uh, read or digest a little bit today. Go to verse 29. So watch this. Watch this. Fasting. Why do we fast? This was, a, this was a father who came to Jesus. And he said, my son is possessed of a spirit. It throws him in the fire. It, throw, it tries to drown him. It tries to burn him. He, he, he's, he's, it's, it's horrible. He's tried to kill him. And he said, there's nothing I can do. He said, even some of your own disciples prayed and nothing happened. So, so. So uh, Jesus prays it. He casts the spirit out and the little boy set free. And the disciples come and say, well, Lord, why couldn't we do that? We prayed and nothing happened. Why did you pray and something happened? Now, the, the obvious thing is to say, well, he's Jesus. Yes, he is and he was. But you remember that when he came to earth for those 33 years, he humbled himself and laid along in heaven his divine powers, rights, and privileges and wrapped all that in our human flesh and, and, and was su- surrendered and, and under our flesh ability on the inside God, on the outside man. So Jesus said something you and I need to get today. Why are there some demonic strongholds that cannot be broken? Now, we would be in trouble if the meaning was only Jesus can do that. But that's not what he said. He said, you can do the things I've been doing to make happen what you just saw. So he said, the reason I had authority over the demons and you did not was this. This kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. So there's some demonic strongholds. If the kingdom of God, you got to see this. If the kingdom of God 
is operating on this earth through Jesus and his church. The kingdom of hell is also operating on this church through the devil and what he does. And Jesus said there are going to be times where the kingdom of hell has so entrenched itself in a situation that if the kingdom of heaven is overcome it, I've got to find somebody who loved me enough, trusted me enough, was serious enough that they humbled themselves, they prayed, they sought my face, they turned from their wicked ways, and they prayed and fast, and through that person, the kingdom of God can come on this earth. And anybody in this room can do that. Everybody in this room. No one's beyond that. This isn't for super spiritual people. Say, well, I've never fasted. Well, fast one meal. Get started. Do something. Do what you can. Do what you can with what you have where you are. That's all he ever asked you to do. Everybody with me on this thing? So, so here we are, seven days into this fast. Seven. Seven's a good number in the Bible. How many know that? It's a number of completion. Uh, after six days, Jesus, the Father says through Jesus, the oh, the universe was created. On the seventh day he rested. He said, it's good. I want to say over you today, you've been praying and fasting. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day. Get a breath. Be thankful. Let's finish strong. We got three more days. Are three days important? Oh, on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. I'm telling you, if you'll hold on these next three days, there's some things the devil thought he killed that are about to come back to life. There's some dreams that are about to come back. The devil should have left you alone. He should have left you alone. Should have left you alone because this stuff that's dead, you get to that third day and Pow, when it comes back up. Three's a big number. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, body, soul, spirit, we live in. God honors that that three is a number of resurrection, of completion, of wholeness. So, so we're, we're in a really good place today to see the kingdom of God come, to see it happen. So what did I say? Fasting is the key that locks and unlocks. Fasting is the key that locks and unlocks. Let's go to Isaiah 58. I read from that passage a little earlier in our worship time. Isaiah 58. Let's go there. Isaiah the 58th chapter. This key of prayer and fasting will lock some doors. I've shared with you the end of 2023 and beginning this year that when we look for new seasons and new opportunities, remember this prayer is a key. Fasting is a key that locks and unlocks. There are some doors that need to be closed in our life before we can experience everything God wants to do in a new season. See, we, we often think the only good door is an open door. I'm going to tell you something. Some of the greatest blessings God will ever give you is to shut some doors. I mean, listen to what I'm talking about today. We need to allow, and this is, so let's read about it. Prayer and fasting presides a key. Can, can I just say to us, I love us. I love this church. You know, this is my life. But I love you guys. You need to close some doors. Why, is it, why would we want God to open a new door in a new season and we drag the junk from the last one into it with us? This new season won't be any better than what we bring with us from the last season. Why would I water down the blessing that's in store with the junk that's behind? Okay, so I'm going to tell you something. One of the greatest gifts God may ever give you is not the door he opened, it's the door he closed. And I like it because if God locks it, nobody can open it up. Hallelujah. In fact, I feel direct to the Holy Spirit. We'll make one more comment on that. There's some doors God's wanting to lock in your life. Listen to me closely. This is not sensational. It's some, there's some doors God wants to lock in your life that if you don't allow him to now, there are going to be some things, listen to me, 
they're going to reach through that door and drag you somewhere you don't want to go. I feel that strongly. Has God been trying to close some doors? Get your hand off that door. Quit playing tug of war with God. Let it go. Let it go. So look at this. It's a key that will lock some doors. Pastor, what kind of doors? What kind of doors? Isaiah 58, 6. It's not this kind of fasting I've chosen. Look at this. Look at this list. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. So God says, I'm going to close the door. Come on, listen to this. I want to close the door of the things that have been, been destroying your life. What, what, what kind of things? Well, uh, the, the chains. Look at this. Loose chains. Cords. God wants to let you go and shut that door. See, God has the power to not have to deliver us from the same thing every other month. I'm going to say it on this side over here. God has the ability that you don't have to keep being delivered from the same thing every other month. Let me ask you a question. (laughs) This is all kind of straightforward, but it is what it is. How many of, look back on your New Year's resolution. How many has your list been the same for the last five years? You still won't be delivered the same thing in 2024 that you had January 2023 and January 2022 and January 2021. You even had it in COVID in January 2020. You're trying to get out of that mess. How many are thankful we're four years from COVID? Come on, let's shout. <laughs> okay, you see what I'm saying? So, so God has the ability to loose the chain and lock the door. What if we begin to have this kind of faith? Father God. The chain you take off of me, wrap it around that door over there. Come on, let's take the devil's chain that was on me and wrap it on that door that's there. I love it. And every time he open, tries to open the door, he's going to hear his own chain rattling. Come on, let's turn this thing around on it. We need to lock some doors. You get that prayer and fasting takes what the enemy desired to destroy you and he locks it. Okay, he says, uh, the end of verse 6, he'll break every yoke. Verse 7 tells us, feed the hungry, clothe the naked. We, we do the best of our ability to do that on a regular basis. Verse 8 says, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. I believe God can close the door on chronic sickness and disease according to his word. Come on, let's believe God that he breaks that. Let's break the mindset off of us. Let's break our vocabulary off of us that we are not sick. I'm not here waiting for the next sickness to grab me. You're not waiting for the next virus to grab your kid at school. You're not planning on being sick. I'm planning on being well. Anybody planning on being well in the house? I am not a chronic sick person. You may have a battle. I told you, if you're a Christian and you're sick, it's not because you sinned. Listen to me. It's not because you don't have faith. It's because the devil loose sickness on this planet. You didn't ask for it. There's nothing wrong with you. Don't let some super spiritual person tell you you're sick because it your fault but we can be healed in the name of jesus and believe god for that listen i'm thankful for doctors they're trying to get you well praise god for doctors thank you god use these things to get us well god wants to close some doors come on i gotta hurry let's go to colossians 1 13 let me show you this this is what i'm going to do he can close doors the key of fasting closes those doors see i don't want you next year when we're fasting Praying for deliverance for what you're praying for this year. Come on, let's be set free and shut that door by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You know, if we let God shut some doors, our prayer list would get shorter and we could focus more on other people instead of ourselves. Okay, come on. Remember I asked you, if God answered every prayer you were praying, would anybody know it but you? Are my prayers bigger than me? If God answered every prayer I'm praying today, would it affect anybody other than me? So we've got to pray bigger than ourselves. So look at this. So not only will fasting be the key that unlocks doors, it'll be the key that opens doors. I want, to, I want you to see something here. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Uh, and this is from the New Living Translation. Okay, watch this. I, I love this. I want you to look at the past tense. Is he about to do this? Will it happen someday? See this word? For he has rescued us. One translation I love, it says, delivered us. From where? Remember talking about Jesus said, here's my kingdom. I'm bringing my kingdom. I'm bringing the will of God to earth. And so there's more than one kingdom operating on this planet right now in the spiritual realm. So he says, he's rescued us from the kingdom of what? There's a kingdom of darkness. Satan is its king. Kingdom is king and dominion. That's where we get that word. There is a king named Satan who has dominion over those that don't know Christ. Many don't know that. Many are unwilling, but it's there. So through Jesus, we were rescued from the kingdom of darkness and transferred where? Into the kingdom of his dear son. So there are going to be times on earth where these kingdoms clash, where the will of God and the will of Satan clash. Listen to me. You know what's right in the middle of the will of God and the will of Satan? What's right in the middle of that? The will of man. Who do I choose? Where am I going? What are my choices? Do you know that many things people blame the devil or other people for are choices we made? Choices we made. And so in between the will of God, the kingdom of God, kingdom of the enemy, the will of God, the will of the devil is the will of man. So we see these two kingdoms. Now, let me show you something. We'll end with this today. Turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts 16. I'm trying to teach you this and illustrate these principles so we get it. We understand the value, the importance of what we're praying for, what God is doing, what he promised. Acts 16. Let's drop all the way down to verse number 12. Acts 16 and verse 12. Now, what happens in this account? I'll just have to give you a brief description. Here is a picture. I want you to get this. uh, Of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth, of darkness, clashing over a region. Now, you get to read in the New Testament, these are men and women and whole regions, states, nations, listen, that had never heard the gospel of Jesus one time. Not one time. So think of that. It's kind of hard for us to process that, living in America. But so here's, a, here's an account of the first time anyone there had ever heard the name of Jesus. This is where the gospel moved into the European continent for the first time. And so what we have happening here. Or kingdoms clashing. Do you think Satan is going to sit by while the gospel comes in a place he's ruled since the garden? You think this is a no biggie? Oh, it's a biggie. It's a biggie. And you got to understand, Satan doesn't always come right up in your face. He likes to come around, you know, hit you, you know, what do I say, disguise sometimes. You know, he wants to work that way. So Paul's preaching in Philippi. And the Bible says that as he's preaching, there's a young girl who is owned. She's the slave of these men, and she's possessed by a demonic spirit. And by the power of this demonic spirit, she tells fortunes. She's making her owners a lot of money. 
And so she starts following Paul and them around. Come on, guys, could you get this? We got to grow up and mature a little bit in the spirit. And so she starts walking around behind them yelling, these men are from the most high God. They're telling you the right way. Well, time out. That's the truth. That's the truth. You say, well, well, the, the devil is a liar, but I guess at the right moment he'll try to flip the truth. So why is the demon doing PR for Paul's evangelistic campaign? How did the devil girl get on the PR staff? Who hired her? So the Bible says Paul's after a few days, he's so troubled, even though what she's saying would seem to help them, in the spirit, he says, this is not right. This is not right. So he turns around, and the Bible says he doesn't say something to the girl. He says something to the spirit. See these kingdoms now? See the kingdom of heaven. It's clashing with the kingdom of hell. The kingdom of darkness doesn't want the kingdom of the son of Jesus to come on the premises. So he looks at that spirit, and he says, you shut your mouth, and you come out of her right now. Well, the girl's delivered. She falls on the ground. And everything should be good, but in the kingdom of man, money's really important. So the owners say, whoa, 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 whoa. We lost our income. So now they fabricate a lie. You ever seen this process happen? And they say, these men are taken away from our customs and all these things. And they threw them in prison. And they're locked up. And they beat them mercilessly. Their backs are bleeding and wounded. They lock their hands and feet in stocks. They're put in the bottom of a dark, dank, cold prison. They're bleeding. They could bleed to death. It's miserable. It's cold. They're not eating. There's no water. They, they have been unjustly uh, uh, con- condemned and, and placed here. And, 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 and we're sitting here going, uh, that doesn't sound like fun. I mean, I don't want to go to church and go home, and that happened to me. But there's two te- kingdoms clashing. So the key is here that not only can prayer and fasting lock a door, prayer and fasting can unlock a door. And I want you to see this from the kingdom, and we'll, we'll do this quickly, and then we're going to pray. So, so here they are. You know the scenario. They're locked up. And, and, and so we'll go to verse 25 in, in Acts 16. So it's midnight. And what were they doing? Praying and singing hymns. Jesus, help us. And they were fasting. There was no food in that prison. They had not been given a meal. So they're no food, beaten nearly to death, unjustly condemned. And they're sitting here. And, 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 and what are they doing? They're praying. They're not only praying. They're singing. They're praising. Come on. Somebody has to believe there is a God in this situation. I don't think your fast today is hurting you this bad. Come on. Somebody tell the truth. Anybody bleeding yet over this fast? Okay. Come on. We're not martyrs. We're blessed right now. Come on. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. So they're praising. They're praying and praising. Come on. I got to hurry up. So watch this. Uh, Suddenly, how many love suddenly? I love suddenly, but usually suddenly is uh, preceded by something. How many heard what I just said? When something happens suddenly in the spirit, 
there usually had been something happening in the spirit. So these guys are beaten, they're praying, they're worshiping God, okay? And, and we find suddenly there was, watch this, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, what does this thing do? The key is what? Unlocked. At once, all the prison doors flew open. And everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison's door open, he threw his, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Come on. It's midnight and the prison doors come open and nobody escapes. Something's going on. Come on, let's read a little more. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought him out. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Or See, you can cut through a whole lot of religious debate when the kingdom shows up. When the fasting unlocks the door, you don't have to give an altar call. You just got to start bringing them in the kingdom. Come on. My, my, my. <laughs> what do I got to do, he says. Verse 31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus. Look at this. You'll be saved and your household. Oh, see, it just starts going. Come on. Somebody say household. Then they spoke, spoke the word of God. Uh, to the, uh, of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds. Immediately, and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because the, he had come to believe in God and his whole family. I mean, the prison turned into a celebration at midnight. I think it was the first midnight mass. It just turned into an amazing explosion of the kingdom of God. Now, here's what I want you to see. I'm going to end with this. It will unlock a door. What happened when they were praying, fasting, and praising? Someone say praising. In the middle of this moment that says the first thing that happened to open the doors, the foundation shook. And when the foundation shook, the door came open, the chains fell off, and they were set free for the kingdom to come in. Here's what I want you to hear today. There are many people we love, and maybe in our own life, who keep fighting the same thing again and again and again and again. We keep wanting people, get this chain off of me. Open this door for me. Get this chain off of me. Listen to me. When we pray and fast, God's kingdom comes in at such a level that the foundations of hell are shaken. When we break the foundation of the kingdom of darkness with the power of God, the changes fall off automatically. We don't just deal with the surface. We go right down here to the root. I'm going to tell you, prayer and fasting will go to the foundations of generational curses, of sins of the fathers, of, 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 of addictions, of, of, of strongholds, of anything. How does the door come open? How do the chains fall off? You break the foundation hell was built on. And the prison house where he had everybody, the doors come open. The chains fall off. I believe, stand with me. Come on, worship team, stand with me. I believe that during this fast, that God is going to go to the foundation of what has troubled you and your family, of what has stopped you season after season, and break that foundation, destroy that foundation, rip that foundation, break it into blocks. Can I, I just see these prison houses of the kingdom of hell falling to the ground because the foundation been shaken out from under them. What if we could, by our prayer and fasting, Listen, this is how big and far it goes. 
Not only in our families. You see, family salvation came. Celebration replaced joy and pain. But what if the church could pray and fast in America? And the foundations of hell that some of our institutions are built upon would crumble and fall away. What if the foundations of our political system that Satan has gotten into could crumble and fall away and the prison house go to the ground? What if the foundations of what was once an amazing educational system and still has many godly educators and administrators involved. But what if this foundation Satan is trying to build in our education system could encounter the power of God and that foundation be broken out from under that and out of the rubble? I, I can't, I just don't have time. You go into the rest of Isaiah 58 and it says we'll build up the broken cities. We'll build up the places that have been ravaged. See, why? here's you got to understand. Maybe... Fasting tore those prison houses down. And you can't rebuild something that hasn't fallen. So maybe, maybe, if we really get this, we can literally attack the foundations of what every stronghold of hell is built on. Everybody with me today? Starts in me individually. Goes to my family. Goes to the church. Goes to the nation. How many are with me today? All right, let's pray. We're going to pray. Thank you for your love for God. Thank you for your heart after God. I I so appreciate that. And I thank you for what God is doing. Church, God wants to use us to do greater things. He wants to use us to do greater things. And today, I'm believing for you on this seventh day of our fast that the things you've been praying for, listen to me, they're they're, they're bringing to completion today. You're going to get a sense, sense of encouragement and rest and energy to finish these last three days and see God resurrect something. Man, I can't wait to get here. Can you imagine Wednesday night after 10 days? Have mercy. It's going to be good. Today, right now, let's take everything to him that you've been wrestling with, fighting with. Let's give him the places where he needs to close the door. Anybody with me? Let's bring foundations that need to be rocked by God so that the good doors come open. Foundation shaken so our family can get free. How many want to see your family free? Free. You don't have to raise your hand. You got any family members that are bound? Any family members that are wrapped up, tied up, chains on them? Do you know if we, by prayer and fasting, can attack the foundations of the kingdom of darkness, their doors will come open and their chains will fall off? How many are with me on this? So let's present ourselves to God right now. Let's do this. Father, We say to you today, thank you for the gift of prayer and fasting. Thank you for the opportunities it presents to us. Thank you for what you're moving and shifting and how your power is operating. And thank you, God. Lord, we come to you today and we humble ourselves. You have brought us this far. We only pray and fast as you strengthen us, God. And Lord, I pray for those that may have started and stumbled, God. This fast, I said in the beginning, is not about guilt. It's about a goal. And Lord, I pray for those that get back on. Come on, finish strong in these last three days. God, if it's meager, if it's small, small beginnings, don't intimidate you, God. And Lord, we want to get together. We want to we want to be on the same team. We want to pray and fast in these final three or four days here. So why? So that we can see everything your word says come to pass. So we can see foundations obliterated like an earthquake goes off in hell and their foundations are rocked and their prison houses tumble and their captives run free. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. Lord, let us do our part. Lord, someone might say, what difference does it make? Oh, it makes every difference. Each one of us do what we can, where we are, 
with what we have just to see your kingdom come. God, I, I thank you that provision comes, healing comes, deliverance comes, salvation comes, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, hope comes, faith comes. We're, we're thankful, God, for who you are, what you do. We praise you today. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found this message uplifting and encouraging. If you're looking to connect in person, we gather every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can also find us online at calvaryassembly.org. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, for more content, updates, and to stay connected with our community.